Did you just pour a drink? No. <laughs> drink. Welcome what? to 1981, Michelle. Oh, thanks. Actually, 1973. You know what this is? No. It's Led Zeppelin. Is that what they were playing in this episode? It's the only song I think they were playing that was a real song, but it's a pretty classy real song. It's um, no quarter from Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. I actually wrote it down to look it up and then I forgot about it until you just said it because I thought it was a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, 1973 album Houses of the Holy. And it was the only song I think that was the real music in this Louis episode. Uh, the rest were like sound-alikes. We heard some some music of the era, but it wasn't really the real music of the era, except for that. But that's a really classic, cool song. Well, no, yeah, if I'd known Led Zeppelin was going to be playing, I would have poured a glass of No wine. Quarter from Houses of the Holy. This is the Louis TV podcast from West Coast Project. My name is Mike. And I'm Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Mike. Did you take about 15,000 words of notes for this one? Um, Not as many as normal actually this was more cerebral it was just things that you felt maybe more than normal with louie i thought what'd you think well let's get started because this one's going to take a while this is 411 and 412 they're both in the woods so there's in the woods one and two it's called in the woods it's 90 minutes of actual tv time in an hour and a half um length episode it's 90 minutes of episode but it's i'm sorry it's 66 minutes of real time in a 90 minute episode yeah i think they're really trying to screw us up now because between the pamela or not the pamela the what was it elevator one two three four five six the only thing mine showed on this was episode 11 but then the episode was with commercials and everything an hour and a half whereas his normal episodes are half an hour so it was just I never yeah. even saw episode 12 anywhere. I only saw 11 on Netflix on my TV. It didn't even show that. So well, I didn't we know, know it's like two, special. you know, it's two episodes every week. So yeah, but I didn't see them like cut it off and start it again or anything like they normally do in their episodes. So I didn't know how they were even going to count it, but it doesn't really matter. All this numbering has really no <laughs> meaning. <laughs> no, it, this is like a movie. If you go to it watch is. a movie, a movie's an hour and a half, you know, if you watch a, regular movie mm-hmm. in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, but this was like, uh, I heard somebody on the, on the internet might've been Alan Seppenwall hit fix or somebody said that this was like the after school era special after school specials. Remember those TV shows that came on for kids in the afternoons. I am just old enough to remember those. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, don't let me date you many more than you need to be, but, <laughs> um, they were great though. Did you like them? It no, was I didn't like, like them. I, lo- I loved this, but I didn't like them at all. Guys didn't. They were almost like the the Lifetime or the Hallmark kind of movies that they put on that girls always tended to gravitate toward, maybe. But yeah, this was a little different than that. Yeah, they were campy. They were trying to warn kids away from the evils of drinking and taking drugs and stuff and other tomfoolery. <laughs> But um, let's just dive into it. Uh, Louie and Todd Berry are at some dance, some crazy Zydeco or whatever dance with a bunch of kids and girls and they're smoking pot in public. And 
I don't know why they were there. Todd Berry says, look at all the young chicks around. But Louis was right. They were all like 15. And uh, he, sees, he sees in the background of all this mayhem of kids dancing around, he sees Lily smoking pot. Mm-hmm. And he drags her off and gives her the, the lecture. He can't even talk to her at first. He's so taken aback. And he's pointed out immediately prior to this that she's 12. And 12, that's, that was shocking to me, kind of, even as a mother. 12 is horrifying. I understood his horror in this. So did you ever have to drag your kids off from their pot <laughs> cigarettes? No, I've never, never done that. Would you say if you had, would you really admit it? Um, yeah, I might. I might admit it. I mean, I'm, you know. Well, he takes he takes Lily to the restaurant and she's eating like um someone would eat after they smoked a bunch of pot. She's like wolfing down her food. Yeah, she's enjoying her hamburger. Yeah. So um then we go, we do flashback to nineteen eighty one, Louis with his mom. Um How do you know it's nineteen eighty one? How do we know that? Um because he's 13? Yeah, I guess I did the math somehow. Okay, I was just curious how he got that. Because that's about what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. And everything adds up to it. There were some things about Reagan getting shot and some that, other Yeah, yeah, that was it. Something. Okay, no, wasn't Reagan, was it? Was yeah, it? Reagan got oh, okay. shot. Okay, okay. Who'd you think it was? I don't know. I just heard something different. And then I heard something else about selling arms to China or something, and I was kind of, I don't know. I don't remember. You're probably right. Yeah, because you were like three. But <laughs> Louise with his mom driving around, and she's talking. She's very she's very profound, even though she maybe doesn't even know it. <laughs> she talks about how you have another day. You know, you have a day of life in front of you. You should be excited about it. You never know what might happen and all the potential. And that's very profound from from a mom. From a mom just trying to slog her way through work and make ends meet, and she's tired, and, you know, she's pretty stressed. She is, and they make her look tired. In this whole thing, that's what I keep thinking. She just looks tired, and yet she still has this, tries to have this positive, upbeat attitude, and you can tell that she just has too many balls in the air juggling. And um, But they still seem to have this, pretty good relationship where they're talking to one another and all that. And so it seems okay, even though you can tell she's kind of burning the candle at both ends, trying to make it that way. Well, we, you know, when you get to the depth of you have a day and it's a valuable thing that that's a pretty profound person, even if they're struggling, that there's some, she can offer up some pretty good advice to Louie if she can offer that up. That's what I Thirteen-year-olds don't appreciate. It doesn't that. matter. I mean, he's, he's got a good guide. He's got a good guide there. But and he how, does. He does learn from all this. I think. I oh, think. sure, sure, sure. He does. Later, when when you know the trouble hits and then goes away or you know subsides, but that that kind of advice almost makes not that particularly, but advice to kids, particularly when they are so wrapped up in the kid thing just tends to make them mad. It seems like, and maybe the better advice makes them almost matter because I think wise kids see that kind of stuff anyway, can see 
through the minutiae of being a teenager and how that clouds up all your thinking and all that kind of stuff. And then, but they don't want to, they still want to experience the teenage stuff and be young and be fun and all that kind of stuff. All right, Michelle, I made myself a promise not to get mad at you in this episode. Well, good luck. You're really pressing it on me now. All right. From the get go. The whole point of this episode is that Louis does learn all these lessons. He chooses to learn from these and remember them as an adult and pass it on to his child. And the the ironic thing here is this is Amy Landecker, who was the date in Bully, if you don't remember her from that. But she was the girl in the Bully episode where the guys picked on Louis and we had our big podcast fight. Well, and I did actually remember that. But we... I don't think that's everything that we're supposed to get out of this episode. All right. Well, let's let's uh, see what happens. Okay. We need about eight seconds of silence there. That's okay. So <laughs> we go to the classroom scene, and it's Mr. Hoffman, and this was uh, this was a guy, Skip Suddeth, and, and he was supposed to be Philip Seymour Hoffman, and that's why he's named Mr. Hoffman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. He was scheduled to appear in it. Um, but Oh, wow. In various ways or various times throughout my notes, I pinpoint father figures, and this is my father figure number one. Um, Mr. Hoffman lets the class decide what interests them, and then he's going to teach them what they choose to learn. And he picks uh, somebody. Somebody shouts out, well, what happens? Can you start a fart on fire? And um, he goes ahead and shows them that experiment with Louie providing the fart. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, and then he goes into, you know, methane gas and how it's produced organically and all that. And then does lessons on it for the week. Yeah, Did organic fuel sources. Like no, that? I never had a teacher like that. That's, a, I mean, that's a little far maybe, but it's a great. That is, isn't that great? When people can... I was lucky enough to get to see a lot of that. and um, Farts getting lit on fire? Not well. <laughs> no, that kind of teaching. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I made some notes here. They may be maybe slightly out of time sequence for the actual episode, but I made a note that um, the guy, the, Mr. Hoffman's daughter is Danielle, and the bully in a minute is Danny, and I wondered what Danielle and Danny were if anything, if they were connected. And I also made the note that Louis looked really tall for his age. He was taller than almost everybody. Yeah, he was a big, well, and what I was thinking about that, because it goes back to this bully thing, because the bully in this, Danny, he is, Louis's bigger than him. And he still allows himself to be bullied. So, that whole bully thing that we fought about, how that guy was supposed to be a tough guy and a big guy and all this kind of stuff. And Louie was bigger than him as far as being tall and all that. And now he's bigger than this guy, but this guy's bullying him. I don't know. Well, bullying can be an attitude. You, you know, the stronger acting person sometimes wins. Oh, sure. Sure. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that he's being bullied by people, even though he is such a big kid. So he not only bullies... Louis, but he makes an appointment to bully him later. later well, he month. did give he did give him a choice. And uh, 
then we were at the dance and Louis asked Lori to dance or Louis asked Lori to go to the dance, I guess, in the cafeteria. And she she's kind <laughs> he of didn't ask her to go. Well, he didn't ask her. He did in his in his weasel. He did not. He didn't ask her. He said, are you going to go? And he she asked said, her like yeah. Gus asked um Molly to the log chopping yes, contest. Yes, which was, he didn't. It's still an and ask. It's still an implication that he wanted her to go with him. And, of course, she, she shuts him down. She's kind of, she she uses the force of her, you know, her little pride of group of girls to, like, I'm going to put this guy down in front of my friends. And she kind of says, well, I might be there. Who cares? You know, <laughs> doesn't really give him the time of day. She doesn't show herself as being very receptive to it. But, I mean, good grief. That's no way to ask somebody anyway. Well, we've seen it in two shows now. I don't know, Michelle. You might be out of touch. Well, Molly took charge the other time as well. Well, she wanted to go with him. This girl didn't want to be with Louis. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty good sign of Louis being brave, even though he was, like, not... He didn't close the deal. He was brave to try. He didn't try. I think it was showing that he he's did too not try. Brave. He went he up to not. her. He went up to her in front of all her friends. You don't think that's trying? No, he didn't. Because if he had wanted to try, he could have just asked her. He tried in the best way he knew how. Come on, guys have got to step up. I have daughters, and I'm telling you, you got to step up. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no and do it privately if you don't that, want that to happen in front of people. Is that what you taught your sons? I have no sons. Oh, that's interesting. You have no sons. Oh, no, okay. but I have daughters. Oh, you who, have daughters. Okay. I, I have daughters who expect boys to be boys interesting. and come up to them and so, ask them out. So your experience with sons is what again? How much experience? Um, I don't think you have to have Oh, a you don't son. think you have to have any experience with them to understand it. Okay. I'm sorry. And how many sons do you have? I've been a boy. Oh, okay. Well, really, really. I've, wow, I've asked. I've asked non-specific questions to avoid putting my ass on the line with a rejection. I've hinted around before with women, so I know what he was doing. Boy, I, I was... knew. I knew what he was doing, but that's not being brave. I didn't. Well, I think it is being brave. That shows uh-huh. how hard it was for him to do, and he did a little of it. That shows that he's being brave. We cannot do this tonight. All right. We cannot fight our way through this. This is not even controversial stuff. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's let the we'll let the audience decide. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so where are we? So Louis getting dressed for the big dance, and he's woefully short of stuff to wear, I guess. And he's got the iconic. Farrah Fawcett poster on the wall. Remember that poster from yeah. the late 70s, early 80s? That was great. I love that. They really went to some trouble to match that. I loved it. I made a note here that he also had a martial arts poster right by his closet. And his mom was pretty cool. Even though she was tired, she forgot about the dance. She was going to take him shopping or get clothes or something. But she gives him $10, which probably was a hard $10 to give up based on whatever job she had. It didn't look like she was very rich with right. money um but i made a note here that louis looks just like lily his mouth the young louis and his face he looks just like lily the, the daughter lily 
Did you know I noticed in this that he did do that? Not only did he do that, but he did a lot of the adult mannerisms that Louis does, the kid did, and the mom did. It was uncanny. It was almost like they were, they had watched Louis so much that they, or like, like Louis had watched them. Louis had been the guy, but watched his mom as a kid. I don't know, it was very believable. The more I watched it, the more believable it was that this was Louis and his mother. The acting, it was great. Yeah. Well, at the dance, the music is that nondescript 80s music. You can't quite pin it on a group like, oh, that sounds kind of like Duran Duran or the Cars, <laughs> but it's not really. It's just kind of Muzak version, 80s Muzak. Well, they have to pay for that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I like bet they paid a lot for that Led Zeppelin cut, though. But anyway, Louis sees Hoffman's daughter, and he's like one second away from talking to her when his little buddy comes up and seduces him with marijuana out to the woods. So this is maybe one of his first turns into the wrong direction in his life, and he goes out and he gets high with his friend. Uh, but they're trying to light the joint that this kid has, and they don't have a match. But Danny, the bully, comes up, and he has a, a match or a lighter or something. Right. And he uh, smokes the pot with them. And it was all downhill from there. Well, downhill and lessons. You know, it's all kind of lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we flash forward slightly, and the three of them are friends now. The bully is now the pal of... Louis and his other little buddy. Yeah, his buddy's his other buddy's name in this is Brad. Brad. So yeah, yeah Danny the bully and Brad's the short kid who's like half Louis's height and then then Louis. But yeah, they're all sitting together and that's when uh, Led Zeppelin. I actually wrote down to double check that it was, but I I remember the Led Zeppelin. Then we jump ahead to Louis and re real Louis, old Louis and Lily, and she's on her second burger. She asked for more food or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't even okay. notice it was a hamburger. That's a good catch. Um, and then we go to a commercial and we see more of the bridge. They're really trying to push the bridge on us, the show the bridge. And Tyrant were the two commercials from FX during the commercial break. Yeah. I don't know about how did, how do you, th what do you think about Tyrant? I don't know. I don't either. There's been so much good TV. You know what I'm, I'm worried about? We're, I'm worried about all these good shows are going to end and there's going to be a dearth. There's going to be a vacuum. Game of Thrones is going to end. Mad Men's over. Breaking Bad's dead. You know, Louie's going to end. Fargo's going to end. In two weeks, we're going to be like hoping that something catches that's like any good. Um, well, I know. I mean, Walking Dead's coming back on for what? Just a little bit more, right? Yeah, but Walking Dead is like not... not I don't know. Well, Walking, it's, it's a not class the same. below. Rod. It's a class below. I don't know. Maybe we should talk about now. We're going to do Orange is the New Black on June 25th. We're going to do that the week after Fargo ends. So the Wednesday 25th. We do our Fargo podcast on Wednesdays. Now, Mike, are we going to start with season one and just do it that no. way until we catch season up or two. just start with season two? All right. Are we going to watch it all and podcast each scene knowing what we know? In or reverse, we're going to watch no, the last one not, first. No, just do, we're going to do one at a time. 201, okay. 202, one, one okay. a week. Okay, good. If you haven't seen Orange is the New Black, it is worth the price of Netflix. You get like, like the year price of Netflix for these uh, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards and all of that. And I think that's the only two original Netflix so far, right? But... 
And the uh, I don't. That's you kind of caught me off guard there. I don't know. I think I'm not sure, but I think it is. And um, wow, great, great TV. So I'm super, super excited about Orange is the New Black. And I think that'll, um, I think it'll be a great thing to do. It'll be real exciting. Westcoastproject.com. Find it on there. And (laughs) are we gonna have a Facebook page? No, I'm just going to put it on a West Coast Project page. Okay. Um, so back to Louis. Louis is driving with his mom again, and she noticed that he seems tired. And he, and he does look kind of burned out and tired. Well, yeah, and he's got his headphones in the whole time. He's, that's, he's like drowning out the rest of the world. It's like he's drowning her out and her the school out and the teacher out and just almost like drowning out any wisdom or anything good that was happening in his life, the good stuff. Well, that's what drugs do. Dr- drown out good and bad. Mm. So um, back at the school, Louis kind of stumbling around. He's still bleary-eyed, and he's, he's looking for weed, and they discuss this guy, Warren. I guess Warren's a kid who gets it from somebody, and he gets it from the, the official drug guy, Jeff, Jeff Davis. And Jeff Davis is the drug dealer we're going to meet in a minute. But um, they're talking in the bathroom, and Mr. Minor, the principal, catches them and with a firecracker in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Um, I had trouble at first with Mr. Minor and Mr. Hoffman. I thought they were the same guy for a second. You know, I did, too. I did, too. Because they looked the same. Mm-hmm. But um, they're not, obviously, the same. So the firecracker goes off, and we get go to another commercial. And in the commercial, this one, they advertised the FX show The Strain. Which looks dumber than the tyrant or tyrant. But I don't know. I don't know anything about any of these shows. So I'm just being wildly critical. <laughs> um, the strain had such potential, and it still does, I guess. It's not known yet. But it looked like it was going to be so good. I happen to adore when they're done well, those kind of post apocalyptic kind of shows. But. Some of the stuff I've seen that they've let us in on as the weeks went by didn't didn't ring as perfect to me. So I guess we'll see. Maybe we could call our podcast The Strain. <laughs> if we continue with many more like this and The Bully, we may have to change the name. Well, we're it's really the difference between the male and female ways of viewing things. Maybe that's interesting to people. Maybe it just sounds like shit to people. But it's very real. There's a very real difference in how we see these things. Um, but anyway, back to the show. Louis does end up at the drug dealer. He meets Jeff, the drug dealer. And, now, that uh, was brave. It was stupid, but it was brave. Okay. You don't think? <laughs> well, yeah, that was a little brave. I think it was hard. For me, in my eyes, in my estimation, it would have been harder talking to the girl with all of her friends around in front of the whole cafeteria than walking up to the drug dealer. But I think it was brave to go to the drug dealer. Okay. Um, the drug dealer is Jeremy Renner, who was with Louis in American Hustle. And uh, he's, a great, he's a great actor because he's really sleazy as this drug dealer. Um, but he's, 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 um, he's complicated. He's not just totally sleazy. He's like kind of nice to his cat. You know, I don't know. He was complicated to me. Mostly sleazy, but a little complicated. Well, he was obviously sleazy because of his line of, you know, business and selling stuff to a kid and stuff like that. I mean, that was 
horrible. But at the same time, you did notice some likable things about the guy. So I got him down as father figure number two. I have and six. And he really was. Yeah. I have six. Did he really? Six father figures. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And um, so yeah, he gets his pot. Louis gets his pot. And on a shitty scale, it won't weigh anything right. And so it gives Louis the idea, I think, to steal the scales. Um, no, he asks him to. He says his scales broke. He said, you've got these, or Louis says they have those scales in science class, which of course is the class that Mr. Hoffman teaches that he's really kind of close with. And Mr. Hoffman, like you said, is a father figure like to him. And so he's thinking maybe about the science and stuff like that. And he says that they have those in there. And so he goes, well, if you can get them for me, I'll, I'll, uh, what? He gives him two ounces of pot. For every scale he brings him or something. And he's charging him $10 for a quarter ounce of pot. Yeah. Does that mean anything? I have no idea. I don't know. So uh, that, so Mr. Hoffman's father figure one. If you're scoring at home, Mr. Hoffman, father figure one. And and uh, Jeff, far, father figure two. Yeah, Jeff the and drug dealer. The only the other note I made about Jeff is he poses him the question that we saw in Fargo, the Malvo question. Do you want to do it? It's up to you. Don't let me tell you to do it. It's up to you. He made a really point of that, a strong point to make it appear like it, I know he was kind of telling him to do it, but he made it to Louis like it's up to you. Don't implicate me in any of this. It's up to you. You're doing this. Yeah, I saw a lot of that in this. It was kind of like how he says earlier when they have that conversation and he's talking about uh, his man mess that he's made. And it kind of went back to me to the true detective scene with Marty and those two guys that had been with his daughter. And he was saying a man's game charges a man's price. And this is the same kind of thing. He was saying that, you know, he kept telling Louie that he'd made a man mess and Louis only 13 and but it, it was true he had made a man mess he had gotten involved in adult things adult pro i don't know so i thought that was well don't that, you don't you think the line between little girls and little boys and then women and men is blurry between when they become little women and little men you know that when they actually you don't you don't just cross a threshold. It's like a No, you don't. You don't turn eighteen and suddenly you become something. You absolutely do not. It's you're you're one day older than the day when you were seventeen. But the same goes when you're twenty and then the next day you turn twenty one and one day you can't drink and the next day you can go get as drunk as you want to get. And you know, there's laws we have that regulate that kind of stuff. Adults and children and um, the ability to do things and consent and all that. So, um, yeah, as far as how you feel, whether you're a, an adult or a kid or whatever, I mean, I don't know that it changes that much just in the one day or the week or whatever prior to or after a certain age. But 13, I think, is really really young lily being 12 and louis being 13 is really young to be dealing with these adult issues right but we do adult things mature things at 12 and we do immature things at 35 it's blurry it's not like you all of a sudden reach a certain point and 
bam, you're an adult. It's like a gradual blurry process. Um, so Louis meets up with his friends with all this new weed and he's like a hero for scoring all this weed that buys him acceptance, which is obviously a pretty powerful thing when you're 12, 13, 14, you, know, you want to be kind of the, the hero. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all happy with him and everything. I don't think he told them though, did he, where, how he got it? Doesn't matter. Um, well, I think he did tell him he went to the drug dealer. Did he not tell him or do you, you don't remember? I, I can't remember. I'm thinking he did, but I was just thinking about the scales. I didn't know. And he hadn't done this yet, but I didn't know if the other guys knew that he had done that with the scales. That's what I was asking you. The larceny. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I don't know if he, they did or not, but I don't think it matters. Why, why do you ask? I ask because I'm curious as to what his friends knew. I mean, come on. You'd have to know if suddenly your friends come into a ton of money and they're throwing it around. And that's essentially what he's doing with this pot he's got. I mean, he's coming to it from somewhere and they know he's not wealthy or something. And I wonder... If they wouldn't question, because I mean that's a big deal. I guess is why I ask. It's a big deal where you get the money when you're 13 to buy that kind of. But how would it affect the show? What What's the point of what? What if he took a hundred dollars out of his mom's purse? What does what you know? Does it? What's the point of it? What? Well. It wasn't $100 worth. That's what I was pointing out a while ago. Each scale that he took him got him $80 worth of pot, according to what they say if my calculations are right. So if he took him 10 scales, that's $800 worth of pot that he got from this guy. And I hope I'm adding right. But the point is, that's a lot of money. It's not a $100 bill or $50 or something, which back in the 80s was a whole lot more money than it is now. Well, it was wrong. It was very wrong. I, I think it was three scales because he got six ounces, two ounces per scale. Yeah, but that, but then he went back. It shows him go back for more scales. And remember, the principal called him in and said 10 there was 10 scales missing. Yeah, but it was wrong. I mean, it was it was proven enough in the show that it was wrong whatever they were worth. Well, it was a, I mean, it was a felony to take that much money away from the school. Well, yeah, they said it was like $300 a scale. So it was $3,000 worth of stuff that he had stolen. And um I don't know. I just wondered if the other guys knew that he had done it or if they questioned where the money come from or if they were just happy to have it. I don't know. It just it, it matters in that if they knew, then they didn't rat him out. They didn't tell on him. And I mean, we see anyway. I don't know. I was just curious. I don't think it matters at all because they would have put it in the show if it mattered. I don't know. It didn't matter. It didn't even I didn't even think about it till you just brought it up. Um, okay. But but back in the class, Mr. Hoffman blows up an egg, and he needs to go somewhere, and that that gives Louis the opportunity because he offers to clean up the lab to to be alone and steal the first scales. Um, and while he's doing that, we see simultaneously his mom searching his room. His mom's very worried about him, um, and I think I don't know if you ever had to search your kid's room or not. 
I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but <laughs> I praise her for that, for being aggressive and figuring out what's wrong with her son. So you don't see anything wrong well, with that? Well, it's, it, yeah, I mean, he's 12 or 13, he's a young, becoming a young adult, but he's going down a bad road and she's trying to prevent that. I praise her for it. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. She is responsible for him. And it just boils down to that. Things that you're responsible for, you handle. And you make sure you've got some kind of control of the situation. And she sees that something's wrong with him, and she doesn't know what. And you can tell she's conflicted, which I'm sure she was, and that's very would be a very normal thing, I'm sure. And you can tell that she um, waffles back and forth. But then she does it, and she does it frantically. She really wants to know what's going on with her kid. And yeah. It's almost yeah, like I, she was, like, thinking about it like it was a, a penny she had to find at the bottom of a pool. She takes a deep breath and dives in and frantically searches. Well, no. yeah, because it's something you can't go back from. You're essentially telling your kid, and you're not telling them because they may never know. I don't know, depending on how you handled it. But but you're not trusting your kid, and I think that's a big thing. So she did. She took a deep breath. Perfect. You worded that perfect. And then she dove into it because she had to make the decision, am I going to try to fix this thing that I'm responsible for or... Am I going to, you know, put the blinders on and hope it works out for the best? I'm surprised you feel that way, though. Why? I don't know. I just would have thought you would have thought he I would have slammed her for it. Not slammed her, but thought that he deserved the respect of his privacy or whatever. So, Michelle from Tennessee, as a medical expert. (laughs) Okay. One of my favorite podcasts is a cast of Kings and it's David Chen and Joanna Robinson. And he calls her Joanna Robinson. So Joanna Robinson, <laughs> it's funny. But so Michelle from Tennessee, medical expert, what were those red drops that Mr. Hoffman put on that egg to make it explode? I don't have any idea. What, it wasn't anything medical, was it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I thought you might know. No idea. Um, so Michelle from Tennessee, I took an inventory of Louie's room. Oh, did you? Notable, notable stuff. We already talked about Farrah Fawcett and the Kung Fu poster. Okay. Um, but I got some other stuff in there. He had a microscope. He had a portable typewriter, the vintage Buddy L Easy Writer typewriter. It was a toy typewriter at the time, which you can now buy on eBay for nineteen ninety five. <laughs> So interesting that the young writer, Louie, had a typewriter, a toy typewriter. He also had an HP calculator, a stereo, a record collection, a bookcase, a globe. And in his drawer, he had Gardening Indoors Under Lights, a book titled Gardening Indoors Under Lights. And he had a magazine with Rush, Kiss, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and Andy Gibb on the cover. Jeez. So he was the kid of the 1981 era, definitely. He sure was. Uh, So Louis comes home with the stolen goods while his mom comes down the stairs and she gives him the hard-eyed, you know, I'm looking into your eyes to see the elements of drugs, you know, the the degree of drugs in your system look. And um, we find out that her control is only limited to so much. She She can't control him. You know, she's got to 
just control what she can. And he runs up to his room and kind of escapes from her. You know, I think as a parent, and um, I'm not speaking for all parents, but certainly many and myself, you realize very young, when they're very young, that you can't control other people. You can't control, you cannot make a kid do anything. You can't make them sleep. You can't make them eat. You can't make them go to the bathroom. You can encourage, but you can't physically make people. There's many things that you can't, it doesn't matter if you're bigger. It doesn't matter if you're smarter. It doesn't matter, you know, if you have more money or you pay for the roof over their head. You can't make people do stuff. And I think when it's something as serious as this, and she kind of gets that, I can't make him tell me this. I can't make him open up about this. I can't make him stop this. But she knew he was doing something. So she, in, in perfect counterpoint to that, the real Louis, real-time Louie and Lily come home, and Lily runs up to her room. So real Louie's control is limited, just like you said. She can't, he can't control what she does, and she kind of escapes the real Louie. Um, I think putting that scene right next to that scene was perfect evidence of that. Yeah. I mean, and Lily doesn't care. She doesn't care. Louis says, your mom's going to kill you. And she's like, I don't care. And when they get that, I don't care, what do you do? You have to find some way to reach them. But it's, it's a parenting dilemma. That's when the beatings start. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> so there's another commercial, and we come back from that, and Louis watching Lily sleeping, and that dissolves kind of into young Louis sleeping in class with the experiment by Mr. Hoffman where the sound is playing, but the absence of sound wakes up young Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets sent down to the nurse. Yeah. Do you think Mr. Hoffman knew there that he was on drugs or something. He said he was worried about him and wanted to send him to the nurse, but I wondered if you thought he was really worried or if he just... Yeah, of course, I think he knew. Okay, I didn't know. I couldn't tell that. He was wise enough not to say, you're on drugs, you punk, get out of my... You know, he kind of gave him an out. He, you know, go to the nurse, figure it out. Right. Um, Louie doesn't go to the nurse, though. He goes and dodges out the front door, and we hear, like, faux cars music, the cars group from the 80s that would have been right in their wheelhouse too, 1981 but that music was just like the cars but it wasn't was music of the cars Um, and he brings the stolen scales over to Jeff's house and um, I totally saw some Jackie Brown there Jeff's girlfriend was Brigitte Fonda to the core in that movie Jackie Brown even to the bare feet putting their bare (laughs) feet all over him was she or was she just a young 80s girl high on pot hanging out with a drug dealer? And that's what Jackie Brown that was. That's the I know, time frame. I know, but I can just see any girl, you know, that would be that very stereotypical uh, kind of trying to be the, well, the 80s hippie, for lack of a better way to put it. But she's half naked and she answers the door and Louie breaks out those scales Badass, man. That's badass. Mm-hmm. So the trade is for drugs, scales for drugs, and he gets praised by Jeremy Renner, father figure number three. 
um, for scoring the scoring the scales and providing a way to pay for the drugs and fulfilling his need to get better scales. Okay, who who was who was Jeff? Well, that was father figure number two. Oh, okay. Sorry, well, maybe I marked him down twice. Okay. <laughs> so maybe there's only five. Well, that's still a lot. I wonder if I had another thought behind that. I can't think of it now. Sorry. Um, okay, so he's but, father figure two and three. But the girl was a little inappropriate because she was an adult. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold what? your horses at home if you're scoring. Get out your erasers. Okay. Louis shares his weed with his friends at Danny's house, and Danny's big brother comes in and beats up him. It beats up Danny and calls, him, calls all of them losers. He is father figure three. Jeez, that's a father figure? Yeah, absolutely. You guys are losers. Get your shit together. You know, he looked like he was kind of together, don't, didn't you think? Yeah, and he was talking about how he had to get up and go to work, and they were being loud, and their mom was sick, and have some respect, and all that. So, yeah, I mean, he did counsel, but then he, like, beat the crap out of him. Well, but he was, he was a positive, he was on a positive track. Like, drugs were bad to him, and... It's not good to beat somebody up, but I mean, some of these father, Jeff is not a good father figure, but yet he's a father figure. Well, you're, you're right. I mean, I I can see that. I didn't see Jeff as a father figure, but I did see him as a, I mean, he, he had some counsel for Louie, but, but so did this guy, I guess. I guess you're right with that. So that's my, that's why father figure three, that that happened right after the scales for drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, another commercial, and then we're back at the cafeteria, and Danny is beat up because of the pounding we just talked about from his big brother. And Louis and Brad are high as kites, and they're like laughing, and Brad's like giggling and making a fool out of himself. And Louis looks across over Brad's shoulder and sees Danielle, the daughter of Hoffman, and she gives him a very disapproving look, which was pretty powerful, I think. Um, and then they make plans to go out to the woods and party with the cushy chicks with their new pot. What's the cushy chicks? Well, they thought we'll get a party going in the woods and all the cushy chicks will come out. I don't know what a cushy, what's a cushy chick? Um, I don't know. Easy girls that like to party and get high and get stoned in the woods. Oh, okay. Good enough. Uh, you saw what I saw and that's what I, you know. Okay, I didn't know if it was just a, you know, some a slogan or a description that a I was familiar with. Slogan. Hi, I'm a cushy chick. That's my slogan. <laughs> Get t-shirts printed. It's I don't know. It's on the know. back of their I, business card. No, I didn't know if, oh, Mike, I didn't know if it was something that I just didn't know. Uh, so then Louis meets his real dad, F. Murray Abraham, and um, father figure number four. Louis and he's the real father. Yeah. Father figure number four. And Louis says, fuck you. That's a total marker of adolescence slash adulthood. Um, did you ever have that in your life, Michelle, where you told an authority figure, fuck you, I'm growing up and I don't need to have you tell me what to do anymore? No, I never did that. <laughs> never. I told that to my father. And oh. I remember feeling, I could feel like I get a rush of adrenaline just thinking about it. But he, his father hasn't seen him in a month, and so Louis pissed. Like you have no right to be here to act like my father if you're not really my father. So get out. Right. That was pretty powerful. Pretty powerful stuff. 
Um, and then we see Louis cooking bacon and thinking. You can tell when he's cooking that he's thinking. And my notes here were, I wonder if Louis, Louis C.K. in real life likes to cook. Do you think he likes to cook in real life? Well, um, I don't know. Those eggs were really overdone. So, in my opinion, so I I don't know. They were like you know crispy around the edges. Very so, profound, I, Michelle. Sorry, I mean I don't know. I don't picture somebody who is a cook doing eggs. But he's that. always cooking. He's always cooking and nourishing his children. It's not just whether the eggs are cooked right, <laughs> or whether it's a simple or a complicated meal. He's pr- he's providing and nourishing his children. And while well, there's he's- nothing wrong with him making eggs, that's a beautiful thing to do for your children. I'm just saying. You ask specifically, do I think he's a cook in real life? And the fact that the eggs were, in my opinion, burned would make me think that he might not be. That's all. I'm not mocking the stuff that he's doing for his family. Well, the reason I ask is not because of his skill level at cooking, but it appears that he likes to think. Like, cooking is very zen-like to him. Like, it makes him, it affords him the opportunity to think. And he thinks about, he has kind of that faraway look in his eye. Maybe that's why the eggs weren't perfect, but he was, like, thinking while he was cooking. And yeah. people, people in life tend to do things, like, I like to blow leaves off the driveway because i can think you know like it's a it's a little zone you put yourself in hey i love people with food as well and i bake so i get it i just don't know i mean louie might i don't know we should get him on the show and ask him yeah okay Okay. so the next commercial is for the fargo finale and Mm. hey michelle we do a a pod we do a comcast i almost said (laughs) we do a podcast on fargo (gasps) We do. I forgot. And we have one more coming up. I know. I'm a little sad. Are we going to do an after show or something? Yeah. Uh, Orange is the new black. No. I mean, are we going to do like a wrap up of Fargo? Are we just going to let it drop? You know, when I wrote this note down that it was the Fargo finale, like, oh, so great. It was so interesting. When you think back about True Detective, has, has it tarnished in your memory a little bit? No. Because has it yours? It's yeah, grown. it totally has for me. Why? Because it's like a good show. It was a really, really good show. Maybe even a great show. But it's like, it's just a show. You know, it's just another show. And I think Fargo is just, it's just another show. I'm glad TV has, has elevated itself to like better quality and better levels of entertainment. But it's, you know, I think back on True Detective, it was like, well, you know, it was a good show, but it's over and it was just another show. No, it was a great show. It was an entertaining show. You're just feeling bitter or something. Because it's it, it was a great show. And I look back on it and I think about the things and I relate them to a lot of things like I just did and what we're watching now. I had moments in it that are going to carry. Kind of like, um, oh, what was that Louie thing? I still do it all the time. You know, what is the meaning of this? You know, I mean, there's things that kind of you kind of take with you from some of that. Marty's, you know, man's game has a man's price. Would and you rewatch it? Yes. I, if, if I could find time in between all the other TV, I would rewatch it. And not only would I rewatch it, I would rewatch it and then listen to the podcast and see if I still felt the same way about a lot of the same uh, things. I would actually love to do that. Hmm. 
Uh, the way the way it makes me think is like I want to see what's next. Like I want to see because this we're on an uphill ramp of like sterling level quality of shows. I want to see what's next. It's gonna keep getting better and better. Well, yeah, but if that wasn't great, what was great? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be but TV's gonna keep getting better. I think. Yeah, but I don't think it makes you know you can't we can't bell curve this on stuff that's not even been invented or shown to us yet and i just i think it was great okay so back to the show there's a party in the woods and they get try to get brad brad's not at the party in the woods so they go to his house and brad can't see them anymore his mom found his pot and they're going to send him away to an academy somewhere and he's even told on them he's like ratted them out yeah. And Danny busts up the windshield and goes running off. That was yeah. pretty brutal, breaking a car's windshield. Well, Danny kind of behaved like father figure number three, his older brother, behaved in the violence, which is what he's raised in. And you kind of saw where the bully stuff came from in that scene as well. You know, I mean, if his older brother's beating him up, of course he's not going to think about beating people up and stuff like that. But, yeah, I wasn't surprised that he was uh violent we've seen his propensity for it before and saw his getting you know beat up at home so yeah so um we get to a pretty complicated scene here back at the school um mr hoffman asks what holds everything together in the in the context of science like why doesn't water just all fall apart and why don't elements just bust apart and what you know what makes kind of what makes the universe stick together and he says the answer is love, which is a very unscientific <laughs> answer, but very profound in the context of us trying to figure out Louis and his life and all this. Um, but love does keep Louis on the right track. You know, love, you know, Louis minds love. He, he's like a miner. He, he digs love out of these relationships and he takes what he needs and finds love and what's useful from these relationships that he learns from. Don't we all? No, I don't think we do all. I think well, a lot of us miss it. Okay. Um, and this is where I started to see that Mr. Minor is the principal. He's not Mr. Hoffman in a different shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a different guy. He's the principal. And he's, he's caught Louis stealing the scales. And well, then, yeah, but he takes Mr. Hoffman to the office with him. And he kind of tells on Louis right there to Mr. Hoffman in front of Louis and Mr. Hoffman's completely offended by it. He takes up for him. Yeah, he defends him. I, I remember thinking at the time, don't get this guy in trouble, Louis. Like he was going to get Mr. Hoffman in trouble for sure something or whatever. And he sits there silently. So just in case you're thinking I'm naming every guy in the show father figure. Mm -hmm. Mr. Minor is not Father Figure 5. Um, not yet. So, That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> not yet, because he is later on, I think. Definitely. Okay. Um, and so we see a commercial for The Strain, and The Strain looks really dumb, so I'm not, I don't even want to talk about that. Another FX show, The Strain. <laughs> Did you see the commercials with Jesse? Did you get the no. Breaking Bad? I mean, it wasn't Breaking Bad, but it was Jesse from Breaking Bad and doing a, I don't know, one of the game system commercials. We got like six of them. During oh, this. yeah. Not for a show, but for like Xbox or something. Right, right. What does the guy do after having the 
role of a lifetime. Uh, no, and yeah. He did. He did. Okay. Anyway. So Jeff, the drug dealer, is putting eye drops in his cat's eyes. Pepper. Yeah. Pepper has a yeast infection. Humanizes Jeff a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Louis goes to try to get the scales back, but he can't. He can't pay back Jeff. And, he, you know, Jeff's probably giving them to other people. Mm-hmm. But Jeff chokes Louis and says, like you were saying before, you're in. This is man shit now. You know, you think as a little kid, I won't hurt you. This is man shit. And you came to me. It was your choice. More Malvo like, you know, reminding Louis that he made choices that he has to deal with now. Yeah, but this is still, you know, and I, he, he was rough with Louis, but Louis is a kid. I mean, Louis is a child. I don't know. There's something about this kid thing. We're not even talking about 17, about to be 18. We're talking about 13. Doesn't that stuff just get to you or no? Well, what got to me is in all this crap that Louis has to go through, he, he finds nuggets of valuable advice. Like he, he says, what am I going to do? And Jeff says, you got to figure that out. And that's pretty good advice from a shithead, shithead drug dealer. But Mike, it takes wisdom and you're not usually gifted with a lot of that at 13 it takes wisdom to so dig why out did louis ck write this into this episode michelle because now louis well that's a whole other story but now louis ck's grown and he can look back on it and see it but at the time 13 year olds don't would probably have a harder time Finding these nuggets of wisdom that we as adults are finding in this. That's all I'm saying. It, 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 it was, I mean, he was peeing himself. He was crying. You know, I mean, he was like bawling and sobbing the whole time. He was just scared. And I think beyond being scared, and I think he was scared, but I think beyond that, I think he was shamed. I think he felt bad. He felt guilt over what he had done. And now he couldn't fix it. And I think this is what it boiled down to, is that Louis, at that age, before he was even old enough to be responsible for himself, had created a situation that there was no fix for. And I think that's what he was trying to prevent with Lily. Remember, he even told her later on, he said, say goodbye to your childhood, because you, when you elevate your your actions to a inappropriate place as a child it seems like what they were trying to say is that it would be very hard to go back then and be the child and I think this was as much an episode about Janet and Lily and Louie's divorce because remember she was the one who said just a couple episodes ago that Lily's the one that took it hard and then we get into this in just a minute where Louis' parents have just divorced a couple years before. And this is what he got into. So I think the whole thing is about seeing his daughter repeat his mistakes and how hurtful that is to him. Okay. And well, my take is on it that Louis was in his very first step of manhood and you got to figure it out, resonated, and he did take that and... He wrote that into this because it was something that he used to become a little bit more mature than he was before it happened to him. And maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that, but I still think that it's easier for us to see these nuggets of wisdom from the 
from the wise adults and the wise people in his life than it is for him. Not that the drug dealer was particularly wise, but... Well, he but, created this story to teach this lesson. He wasn't writing jokes here. He was, like, trying to pr- portray a lesson, a life lesson. And he put that in there for that reason, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that... I don't know. Did he? Do we look to Louis, Louis C.K. for life lessons on stuff like yeah, this? When I'm watching this show, I do. Okay, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know. Because this show was unlike any Louis I've ever seen. And but so what? Was, so what if it's different from it? Why do you think this writer wrote those words into this episode if he didn't want to convey that message? What am I going to do? You've got to figure that out. Well, because he was exactly what I just said. I think because he was saying that it's an adult thing, like he's telling him, and that, you know, Louis was having the same issues with his kid. It was... The the whole thing to me was about the fact that Lily has not adjusted. Louis thought he was fine. He thought he didn't care about his parents divorcing. He even says that. But but Lily's done exactly the same thing that he did after her parents divorced. And I think he's going to have that guilt come up along with everything else. And I think that was the story. Okay, I'm not connecting at all how that relates to that message that you got to figure that out. It's a young person who never had to really, really figure this out before has to figure it out. And in a way, Louis was forced to do that, and it made him grow up a little bit. Um, so back home, Louis watches his mom through the window, and I think he realizes, I mean, he's becoming a young adult now. He's not just a kid in school anymore. I guess he's an eighth grader or between eighth grade and high school. Um, but he watches him, the mom through the window. She can't see him, but I think she, he realizes she's working so hard for him, and he's just, you know, he's, he's not offering much back to her. Um, but I think he appreciates her by that scene at looking her through, at her through the kitchen window. Um, because the next day he goes to school, he sees the cops, and he sees Danny being led away, and um, I guess p- because he beat up Brad and the vandalism and stuff. And um, Mr. Miner says Louis and his pals were the worst class ever. Good riddance. I've, I'm done with you, and that's where I put he is father figure five. Um. Mr. Miner says he'll pay for the repercussions. Um, so Louis learns a couple lessons there, too, that I think he has to... He sees that his actions cause will affect other people. Maybe that's what he saw through his mom in the window, too. Well, yeah, and the, Mr. Miner also says he thinks Louis got into something that he can't handle the repercussions of, but that he, as a man can handle these repercussions and he'll handle them for him is essentially what he says. He says it'll uh, hurt his budget and impact his records, but he's a man and he can take it. Yeah. So I think, again, we're doing this division between a child and a man and that Louis just got in way, way, way over his head. So um, back at home, Louis, another scene later with his mom and she, and his mom confronts him, and she kind of says, you have nothing to say to me. You used to, And this was a little complicated, too, because she says, you used to be my friend, and now you're not. 
which is very boring for, uh, which very boring. That's the next thing she says, but it's very unusual for a mom to say, you're very boring. You're not, you used to be my friend. Now you're not. You, you used to show me, you show me no love. I mean, she's treating him like a lover, almost like a, like a romantic partner. Oh, I didn't get that out of it. I just thought that she was treating him like a friend. Um, she missed Louie as her friend, as the person that they talked on the way to work and on the way home from work. And they, you know, she had said, let's go out to lunch one day and he wouldn't do it. And she's like, why? You won't go do anything with me. I'm, I'll pay for it. And he's like, no. And she missed his companionship and he had withdrawn from her and it hurt her feelings. You, you don't know. think Louie's mom was able to be just be single because she could focus on her son and taking care of her son? I mean, that's kind of what I read into it, that like she put all of her energy into her son and didn't have a, didn't have a significant man in her life or anything, but she put all of her energy into her son. You used to be my friend. Now you're not. You're boring. Why would, she ever, why would a mother ever tell a son that he was boring? Um, well, I mean, I really don't know other than the fact that she was trying to get across to him that they used to have a different relationship where they had an interaction, a friendship interaction that they no longer had. And who, who would want to spend time, literally, literally, who would want to spend time with this Louie, the sullen kid who sits around with his headset on doing nothing but smoking weed? I mean, is that any kind of a person to be? Well, I, mean, I think a mother certainly would. No, she wants him to do better than that. No, nobody wants to sit around that. Nobody does. A mother doesn't want to sit around a sullen... Well, I mean, she's not going to give up on him is what I mean. No, of course not. But, well, she almost does, though. She's at her wit's end with this. But I just didn't see it the way you necessarily saw it. I just saw her kind of laying it on the line. We used to have this different relationship. Now we don't. And I don't know what's going on with you, but you're going to be a high schooler next year, which I think, again, and it's pointed out several times, you're not very old yet, but you're getting into, you know, like you were saying, young adulthood and stuff like that. And you're going to have to maybe figure it out who you're going to be. So Louis runs away into the night and we see him just kind of sleeping on the ground. He, he can run away, but he has no answer. He has no place to go. Um, and so he just, that scene kind of ends with him sleeping in the, in the woods or in the backyard somewhere. I just stood on the ground by himself. Mm -hmm. And then Louie and Louie and Lily in real time, Lily wakes up from her pot hangover and Louie's feeding her again. And again, I put more notes about how he's nourishing her. He gives her food, attention, love. You know, he's just a good father. He's nourishing her with what she needs. Um, and then we see young Louie again flashing back, sleeping in mom's garage. So he's getting a little bit closer back to home, but he's still not quite in his own bed. Um, and then she sees him and brings him into the therapist. And I really liked how in the therapist office, she lets him fight the battle. Like he has to go up and introduce himself and do the paperwork and you know, she's just kind of got his back. She's there with him, but he has to go through the steps. Sure. That was good. I agree. I agree. Oh, um, God. We agree on something. Yay. So back at the Hoffman house, he's um, greeted by the daughter, Danielle, and he admits his guilt to Mr. Hoffman. 
And you can see the disappointment in Mr. Hoffman's face. Man, you can. But that was brave. That was brave. That yep. was a good thing. Um, and so, and then he's next at the therapist. He's um, listening to the therapist, like, kind of justify, kind of helping Louie justify some of this. Like, you're just a, you're a teenager. You're taking drugs. You're medicating yourself. And divorce was hard for you. So give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Um, do less drugs. Just keep trying. It's all you can do. It's all anyone can do. Your parents can't help you. You know, it's up to you. And if you need help, I'm here and your mom's here for you. Um, so that was pretty good advice. I think not here's the answer, Louie. It's a totally unique thing that you can take and run with. It's just, you know, give yourself a break. Been through some hard things and people will help you. Well, yeah, and it was don't beat yourself up because we see this with Louie. Louie is a guilt holder. You know, he wallows in it. And he was wallowing in the guilt of what he, or the potential to wallow in the guilt that he had. You could tell he was guilty over those scales. It was really eating him alive, and particularly the fact that he couldn't make it right. And I think the guy was saying some things in life you can't make right. You just have to go on and do better from that point on. And that's always great advice. If you can't make something right, you know, you've done what you can, then look forward. Yeah. So uh, that therapist had been in other Louis episode. He was the stone stoner neighbor when Louis and Dog Pound in season one. He threw the thing out the window, the water bottle out onto the car's roof out the window. He invited Louis in and let him smoke smoke pot with him while his girlfriend was sleeping on the mattress on the floor. I don't know if I saw that one. That was in season one, Dog Pound. He had a dog that was one dog and then a couple puffs on the pot later. He was a different kind of dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think see that. Yeah. That um, was fun. So I put that guy down. That therapist says father figure six. Those were my six father figures. Um, so then we go back to the ending of the show and it's Louie with Lily. And Lily says, are you going to say the big thing? And um, Louis just says, nope, just goodbye to childhood. Nope, nope, maybe not that. And he just says, I love you and I'm here for you. And um, gives her the hug. I got choked up on the hug even on the rewatch. Did you really? Yeah. That's that was a pretty great scene. Because Lily needed that hug and Louis needed to give it to her. I hope, I hope Lily doesn't become a problem. I hope Lily, you know, a lot of times if Louie hadn't stole the scales and it hadn't went to the extreme that it went to, he might have not stopped that kind of behavior. And you don't want things to go that far with your kids, but... If Lily doesn't face any kind of hardship or any kind of guilt or any anything that is going to change her actions in turn or you know change her mind internally, what's going to stop her? Because she's very she's very rebellious and she lied to him right to his face. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Stop! You're embarrassing me. I didn't do anything. And he had to get down in her face and he goes, "I saw you." I saw you. And then she shut up lying because he had actually seen her. 
And that's just horrible. The lie is horrible. And I really hope we don't start seeing a problem. Although I think it was just pointing out that what Janet said was true, that Lily had the harder time with the divorce and now she's acting out. Yeah, I I think those things happen to us in life, though. We make mistakes and we can either learn from them or, or not. And, let, you know, certainly happened to Louie. He made some wrong turns and he was a he was a felon. <laughs> if he would have got caught with those scales. Oh, I know. And he's smoking drugs and he's, you know, he's made some mistakes. We all do. But you can learn from them or you can not. You know, life's full of people that are. I mean, like all these people that were tormentors or teachers, and Louis picked what he could learn from them as teachers. He, he turned that drug dealer guy, Jeff, into a teacher in some way. And now he's become a teacher himself. You know, he's, he turned that into what he showed to Lily as a dad to Lily. I think he's horrified that history's repeating itself. And I think that's kind of sinking into him. I think, and it's the guilt again. He feels guilt, guilt over the divorce and everything that's created this situation where his little girl is now going through what he went through. And I mean, as a parent, all you want to do is protect your kids. Yeah. But I think the greater point is that you got to, you got to help them with the mistakes that you know, they're inevitably going to encounter. You got to give them the best tools they can to deal with those mistakes and learn from them. You can't, Absolutely. you can't protect yeah. them from the mis- You can't just be horrified and be like afraid of the mistakes. You have to give them the ammunition to deal with the mistakes. Well, of course, Mike, but, but this was specifically about Louie's problem with marijuana after his parents divorced. And then we go to Lily's problem with marijuana after her parents divorced. I don't think this was just a generic way to give kids help with the mistakes they make. I think it was a deliberate uh, um, I didn't say it was generic. I think Louis used the very tools that he learned as the, having those problems, the same problems Lily is encountering now, and he's helping her with this. He's using the trouble he went through to to impart that advice into Lily. You know, I'll be gave, there. I'll yeah, be I, there for you. I'll be the. I'll be the. You know, the backup for you. You're going to have to deal with it. Childhood may be slightly slipping away from you now, but I'm here for you. Right, but that's the only thing he, you know, and I mean, I don't know what else he could have done, but I'm just saying that was the only thing. Well, let's, think, let's talk I, about that. What could he might have said, screw you, go to your room, you're grounded for a year. But he didn't. He said, I love you and I'm here for you. I don't have the big thing. I don't have the big thing to say to you. He, he said exactly what they said to him. I'm here for you. Right. He said exactly what the therapist said to him. Right. He... But I think that it was just specifically about him, about his children repeating the same mistakes that he made. And I think that's horrifying. It's horrifying when you see your kids go through the same things that you've went through that you have. Because come on, I mean, you know, he said, I mean, he didn't even think Lily was having a problem. And suddenly to find out that she's acting out in the exact way he did. So why do you leave it at the mistakes that uh, like Lily completed, Lily did the same things Louis did. She made the same mistakes, but it doesn't stop there. It shows the answers after those mistakes. No, That's... we saw the answers. Lily doesn't see these answers. Lily didn't feel the hug that Louis said, look, of I'm not going to give you a big speech. I'm here for you. That was, but, 
what come he, on this is the same day louis went through this for six months they showed this for six months that he was going through this this is the same day with lily lily hasn't went through her her there's been no transition for her at this point so you seeing. think the message of this episode was that louis is just horrified that lily is copying his life same mistakes he did not copying his life well yeah being put in making the same poor that his poor decisions are being replicated in his children that's exactly what that's the message you got from this yes that's exactly the message i got i mean how how could you get anything different than that that is exactly what they showed us Louis went through this. They even paralleled it side by side. Louis went through this. His daughter went through this. So, of course, the message I got was that Louis is horrified and dumbfounded that this has happened to his own daughter. But Louis had the solution to her, which was to be there for her and to love her because that's what happened to him. Okay. So the hug, the hug at the end, the last four seconds of the show is what is 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 Lily's solution. That's going to stop Lily and Lily's going to now know everything's going to be changed. That's a I question. think it's going to help her a lot that yeah, that her dad is there for her and not just to punish her. Now, I'm not going to punish you for the things you did wrong. I'm going to be here to support you and I'm going to like his mom made him fill out the forms, you know, I'm going to help you find the path to the right way to do this. You're going to make mistakes, but I'm going to be here for you and love you. That's the Look- message I took. Okay, I think he was great with Lily as far as the interaction that they showed with her, but the whole totality of the interaction that they showed with Louie and Lily was maybe 10 minutes of this hour-and-a-half show. So, to me, it was more about history repeating itself in a very negative way that Louie saw and he was horrified about that his daughter was doing the same thing that really impacted his life and had the potential to even greater in a negative way. Okay. I got the, I got the exact op, exact opposite, Michelle. I got a hopeful feeling that Lily, Lily did the same mistakes Louie did. And Louie gave her the same solutions that he got. And that gives Lily a very good chance of becoming, coming out of this in a positive way. Cause Louie learned from his mistakes. And I think he imparted upon Lily the same backup and support that will allow her to, to benefit from these mistakes in a positive way. But Louie learned from his mistakes because it was a process he went through, not just because he wasn't just caught smoking pot. He goes to a therapist and there, the therapist, you know, gives him a hug and says, um, I'll be here for you. There was a lot more to it than that with Louie. So Louie saw the path that she could potentially go down the bad stuff that he dipped his toes into or worse. And he's horrified about that. I don't know how you can't see that. I mean, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, and, and it might sound like that, and I apologize. I just, that seems so clear to me. I see that so clearly. That's what I took from it. Okay. Well, you can take from it whatever you want. I'm just saying what I took from it is much different. Um, the hug that Lily hugged him back. Lily didn't hug him for just Louis' sake. She hugged him for her sake because she needed that support. So she drank in that that support, that answer that Louis was Louis was providing for her. Doesn't mean Lily's going to be like a perfectly chaste, perfect person, but I think she's got 
she went through a hard time and she's got some positive reinforcement now that's really going to help her a lot. See, I don't even think I don't even think she felt like she went through a hard time. What was her hard time? She was high. She ate a couple of cheeseburgers. She took a nap, and her dad hugged her. Well, you know? she she did something very wrong, and her dad supported her. Her she she said, "Are you going to give me the big thing now?" She expected the punishment, and Louis well, gave course. her the support. Of course, because she was belligerent, and she was obviously in the wrong, and she was a liar, and she she knew she deserved the big thing, and Louis chose to handle it differently, and. That's all well and good, and I get the whole thing you're saying. I just saw a whole lot more to so it. So what would have been your solution if you were Louie? What would you have done? I have no idea. Well, you're a parent. What would you think about well, it? Well, I don't what would know. You I done? mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You don't think what Louie did was the right thing to, to do? I didn't say that. I don't know. I just don't think that's what this is about. I don't think it was about whether Louie handled the parenting well necessarily or not i don't even think that's i I didn't even think about it and that's exactly what it was about louis to you that's exactly what you took out of it right right um this show also made me really feel good as a guy it made me just remember how important a guy can be in someone's life you know these um louis needed a guy in his life Mm-hmm. It's great that his mom cared about him, but he needed a man, he needed a dad figure, a father figure, and I think Lily, Lily needs that. And I just I don't know. It made me feel really good as a guy, like I could be somehow important in somebody's life as a guy. Are you kidding? Of course. It's always like you know very super clear how important a mom is, but a guy can be important too. Yeah, I think we've even maybe argued about this before that. <laughs> that um you know little girls need their dads ever mu- ever bit as much as little boys do and i think you know i don't know i mean yeah of course of course positive role models in men are so important okay i need to ask though the mom being portrayed in this of course wasn't the same mom that we've seen louis does not like his mom and are we just supposed to take this episode, do you think, at face value with his mom? Because she was a loving, supportive person. And remember his old mom comes to visit and she tells him she's a lesbian. And I mean, you know, and everything's always about her and she doesn't care about the grandkids. And I'm not picturing this mom evolving into that. So I guess I'm just asking, are we just supposed to take this episode at face value for what it is and then the other episode just look at it from a different angle or how do you reconcile that i don't know you put you put so many parameters into that michelle that question you first of all you said louis doesn't like his mom obviously i think louis does like his mom louis felt bad about you know not I, i think louis does like his mom in this one he does i'm talking about a grown louis okay yeah, I like think I mother. think I think her if you're asking if it's the same mom, I think it maybe could be. Um I didn't think about it as as much as you you've thought you've put into it, but I think maybe they could be. I don't I don't think he understands his lesbian mom in the other episode. And I don't think he doesn't like her. He well, doesn't want to see her. He doesn't well, want to be around her. She has no interest in his kids. Yeah, I mean, she's she's portrayed as a very cold and selfish woman as an old woman um 
I don't know. I don't know why he put that episode in first and then comes up with this episode, what, f- two years later, three years later? Um, I forgot your question. <laughs> I just don't know if we're supposed to take this episode in a vacuum and just think, you know, I know you know more about Louie than I do, so I have to rely on your opinions about that a whole lot more. But I don't know any more about Louie than you do, Michelle, or I don't know any more about Louie than anyone else who watches it. Mike, what I mean is you've seen more of the episodes and stuff like that. I, I still haven't seen every single Yeah, scene. but everybody's got a 100% entitlement to an opinion. It's not like somebody deserves more opinion. <laughs> I'm just saying that you're more familiar with the Louie character, but I think you think your take on Louie is that everything he gets is from his life. And I've said before, not knowing as much as you do know and not having seen everything you've seen, that I don't get that from him. I get that he takes little pieces of it and then kind of weaves it into a story. Well, that's what I think, too. I think he's, okay. I think he's less adherent to the absolute truth now than he was when he first started writing. But I don't think this episode was about Louie's mother. This episode, this one we just had this podcast about. I think it was about Louie. No, absolutely. I don't either. I don't even way. think it was about Lily. I think it was about Louie. No, I think it was about Lily's reaction to their divorce and Louie's guilt over that. But So I agree. But But you can't have a loving, nurturing mother in an hour and a half long episode that we've just said is was a... I mean, I thought she was a really good mother, right, in this episode. She seemed to love him and care for him and maybe not perfect, but but a good mother. And he's 13 already. I mean, he's not just seven or two. And then we see him as an adult despise his mother. I can't remember the words he used, but he really disliked her. And at 13, you're going to be with your mother another four or five years, and then you're going to be out of there. And they're portraying her as being this loving woman. And he didn't portray her as that later on. And I don't know if he's doing it for comic relief or or if we're just supposed to take the lessons in it and not so much look at, you know, it didn't really happen this way. Well, maybe and I just he, wondered what your take on. I don't know what happened in his real life with his mother, but people do change. I mean, if you just look at the context of his mother, she worked hard for him. She didn't go out partying every night. And she didn't leave him off with some babies. You know, she did love him and take care of him as Louis, twelve years old. Maybe she changed when she was older. Maybe she thought, okay, I've been working all my life and I'm selfish. I want to get what I want for me now, and I don't want to have a husband, and I don't want to have a. <laughs> You know, I want to be selfish. I want to have a girlfriend and a, be a lesbian. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think she was, I don't know that there, I don't know that there has to be a distinction drawn between those two women or between that oh woman. Oh my gosh. You have to, I mean, there was a distinction. One was one way, one was way to the left and the other was way to the right. I mean, it may not matter, but it was certainly something that I noticed, and I just didn't know if we were going to look at... You know, it's kind of like how Janet's black sometimes, and sometimes Janet is white. I mean, you just have to look at at what he puts in there as kind of take it for what it is, I guess. And But it does make me curious 
people don't usually genuinely change from being a loving, nurturing mother to somebody that, and have a great relationship with their teenagers to somebody that the adult hates. So and, is your question, did Louis's mother really change that much or did Louis change as a writer that much? No, I'm no, neither one. My question was, should we just take these in a vacuum? If Louis says his mother was great when he was 13, then that's just what we have to go on, right? And we just look at that and look at all the evidence that surrounds that. And then if she's, you know, 75 and she's selfish and hateful and everything, then we just take that in a vacuum. Well, maybe right? Louis, maybe Louis' comment on the 75-year-old lesbian woman wasn't about his mother so much as about how some women, when they get to be older, just pick things that, you know, they decide, I could put my life into supporting other people my whole life and I just want to, you know, I owe myself some, some time. I think he's being truthful. I think he's trying to make a point in both instances. I don't think we need to connect the woman to be the same woman. Like he made, oh. he made the 75-year-old his mother, but maybe he was just talking about 75-year-old women who have been married women and kind of serving their husbands and families their whole lives, and now they want time, you know, their own time to shine. <laughs> yeah, but that's not exactly what she was. I mean, she was horrible, remember? Well, whatever she was, maybe that was his point, not that she was, you know, making, him, making her his mother was convenient to the story. Yeah, but we got to have some kind of continuity, right? I mean, we have to, because otherwise Lily may come back as a, you know... Some 22-year-old, you know, whatever, that's completely different. So we have to have some kind of continuity to it, right? Or no? Um, I don't know how you woe Lily in there 10 years from now. But, yeah, I think, I think he's making points about people. And he obviously oh. plays fast and loose with the Janet being the black mother of two Scandinavian-looking white children. But I think he's making points about people. I don't know. This, uh, this one, though, this episode we just did made a point about Louis. Like, Louis went through a hard time. He learned from it, and he imparted that upon his children. Like, here's you can go through a hard time and still come out of it if you get support from people who know how to help you give you the right support. That's what I'm taking away from it. Okay, one more question. This is a quick one. Where was Louis's little brother? I don't know. In this episode, you mean? When when Louis was 13, where was he? Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. That's all. I don't think it mattered. I mean, the point of this was Louis and his ch learning as a child what he needed to use as a parent. And having his brother wouldn't have helped support that. I don't think it line. was learning as a child what he used as a what I don't see that. Oh my gosh, I see it as he learned something and then he saw his daughter go through the same hardships. Oh my lord, Mike. You don't think he learned as a child what he went through as a child and used it as a parent with his own child? Well, he he took that she needed support. Out of that whole thing is what I got. But no, I don't think that's what it was about. I think he did learn, but I don't think that's what it was about. I think it was about him watching his daughter make his same mistakes and how he 
was maybe going to make the mistakes of his parents or had made the mistakes of his parents. Except, of course, his father was absent, we saw. And then when Louis told him off, his dad just got up and walked away. So that Right, was but he's not absent to Lily. He's there for Lily. He is, and that's what I'm saying. So it wasn't exactly right. So he was, he's, he's not that absent parent, but, but the whole thing was just, was about, I don't know. I saw it completely different than you did. Uh, so we got one more Fargo next Wednesday, and that will be it. And then a week later, we're going to do Orange is the New Black, starting with episode 201, episode one of the second season. And we'll do each episode for one week until we get through. How many are there in Orange is the New Black's Black? Oh, that's a good question. Um, maybe, is it? I think there was 14, the first one. So. How many have you watched? Um, five. I think I've watched five. And, and the reason I don't know is because I went back and started rewatching uh, the first episode again, because I really wasn't sure which way we were going to do it. I podcast it. So I wanted, and plus I wanted it all, all in my mind about everything that happened. So I watched the first three episodes of season one, but I'm on like the episode 19, I think, which is the fifth episode of season two. I well, think. in episode six, we see Lily shiv Piper because Lily's not, now in jail in the penitentiary. That's not funny. Okay, Michelle, I've had enough. I'm, uh, <laughs> here, wait, 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 wait. We've got to do this. We've got to sign off properly with our 1981 Led Zeppelin. Top of the charts with Houses of the Holy. Oh, my gosh. This is a freaky song, huh? I don't think I know it, but I just just with the music, I knew I thought it was Led Zeppelin, if that means anything. Brilliant. Yeah, it's Houses of the Holy. It's freaky. It's like druggy. You know, it's 1973 was you can't even think of the year 1973 without looking through that, looking at that number through the haze of marijuana smoke. <laughs> right. Picture well, it. One nine seven three in your mind is hazy, right? Um, yeah, I was a baby. Sorry, you were what? A baby. I thought you said you were a penny. No, a baby. Think paisley and marijuana haze, and you're there. You want to hear another one? Here's here's another song for that album. Sure. Everyone knows this song. Over the Hills and Far Away. Ringing a bell? Oh, yeah. And there's one more. Here, I'll, I'll let you go after this, but there's one more you might know. The Rain Song. These all became more popular in their... They had a live album where they played all these. All right, Michelle, I still love you, even if you disagree with me, and even if you're wrong. Well, okay, I still love you, even though you're wrong, too. You gotta, That's it. 
Hey, you have to end with Stairway to Heaven. If you're it's gonna not on that right. album. Don't oh, you just crapped on the whole theme of this song. Stop. No, I didn't. It's great. All right. West Coast okay. Project Podcast. We're out of here. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah.